Welcome to Defending Digital. I'm Chad Warner. Today's topic, Protect Kids from Internet Predators, an interview with Charlene Doak-Gebauer. Now, before I share the interview, I need to apologize for my audio quality. Um, Charlene's audio quality is fine, but I selected the wrong microphone for myself, an amateur mistake, and unfortunately, my audio does not sound great through the interview. With that note, here's the interview. Welcome to Defending Digital. I'm Chad Warner. I'm pleased to have with me Charlene Doak-Gebauer, author of The Internet, Our Children in Charge, and founder of Internet Sense First. Charlene's book tells parents how to protect their children from internet predators and other digital dangers. Her charity helps victims of internet child exploitation. Charlene, today I'd like to learn more about protecting kids online. But first, why did you get started in protecting kids online? Well, I'm a... A high school teacher, a car accident changed all that. And sometimes when you have tragedy in your life, you try to turn a negative into a positive, which I did. And um, my sister's daughter was a victim of child pornography at the age of four. And unfortunately, it was through a neighbor, which should emphasize we can't trust everybody. The poor girl lived her life uh, to the beat of her own drum, as many sexually abused children do with drugs, alcohol, and then at the age of 22 was killed by a drunk driver, which devastated my family. And I'm a computer specialist network administrator in education and discovered child pornography on a computer I was re-imaging. And I don't say where that was because I did some freelance work as well. You don't know that garbage until you see it. And I sat down at the computer one day and I said, what can I do to help my sister and my family get through this? And the day after the drunk driver was convicted, I submitted my papers for Internet Sense First, a federal Canadian charity. And then a friend of mine said, you have to write a book, protect your intellectual property. So I wrote my first book and just published my second book. And that's, that's a very short summary of why. Yeah, and, and yeah, I recently read your book uh, and kind of read more you know, in detail about the story. And um, I can definitely tell you know, why you're passionate about this topic, um, yes. horrible things to go through. And so to then take that experience and put in the effort to save others from going through the same thing um, is a, a very admirable goal. Thank you. What would you say are the, the biggest challenges or threats that kids face online? There are so many. I, you know, some people are naysayers and they think, oh, you're just, you're just trying to make it a big deal. But the research I've done for five years indicates that it is huge out there. Predators go where the children are and now they're online. They're online gaming, there's chats online gaming, there's videos. And uh, FaceTime, there's uh, Periscope, there's so many live video channels that children can use. The biggest problem is that parents are not watching what their children are doing. That doesn't mean you have rules or that you have your computer in a common place in your house. They're all good. And traditional parenting is good. I, I never... I never tell parents they're not doing a good job in parenting. I tell them we need to catch up to the digital age because children, that's where they are. That's where the predators are. And unfortunately, 
everything is so free online. I've been advocating that pornography be paid for just to slow down children. There are children that are four, five, six years old that are viewing pornography and their parents don't even know. And do you know why that is, Chad? From an early age, we're all taught not to be naked. And then these poor children are viewing adults and it's triple X porn, which when I'm speaking in schools, I tell everyone you're supposed to be 18 to see that for a reason. You're too young to understand. And that is leading to uh, so many problems with children, depression, anxiety. I've talked in schools and I've asked them, how many of you have talked to a, a trusted adult about seeing these inappropriate pictures? None of them put their hands up because they've been told not to be nude. And they know instinctively that they may be in trouble because of viewing that. And then you look at the horrific violence online and it's just objectifying humanity. And we need to get back to the reasons we're human. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, that separation of kind of the, the, the person um, from, like you said, the, the objectifying and, and not even understanding that that's a, a human being. So you, you touched on a variety of issues there. Um, are you yes. able to share any stats um, that, that kind of speak to or, or illustrate those, those dangers and kind of the, the magnitude of them related to either child pornography or other internet crimes? Yes, I do. Uh, one that I want to share is that uh, viewing pornography is causing an epidemic of child-on-child -child sexual assault. In fact, on, I, I have a, a new team that I put together of speakers, and one of them is from the Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, Heidi Olson. And they have done a tremendous amount of research correlating the viewing of pornography to child-on-child -child sexual assault. And they have found that over 51% of the predators in their child sexual trauma unit are children between the ages of 11 and 15, wow. which is which is a horrific statistic. In fact, I get calls from people worldwide and I got a, a call from a lady whose seven-year-old son was sexually assaulted by a five-year-old in the washroom at the school. Hmm. And um, when she talked to the teacher about it, the teacher did nothing, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. I know in Canada and in the United States, you can be fined as a teacher if you don't report a sexual assault or a suspicion of any type of trafficking. This sexual assault should have been reported. And too many teachers are ignoring the fact that they need to know more about my theory of digital supervision. It does cover so many issues. And as, a, as an educator, I know that if educators knew more about it, they could help children and families far more. So that's, that's just one statistic of, of many Thorne in the United States have studied pictures of um, child pornography, sexual assault for children. And they said between the ages, uh, between the years of 2004 to 2015, it had increased by 5,000%. Hmm. That new statistic, Thorne is stating that it's 10,000%. Wow. The biggest problem there is that the teens, the children have become the victimizers. They are sexually assaulting. They are harassing people and cyberbullying, asking for nudes. Nudes are what the teens call nude pictures of themselves.
And that leads to a whole new host of other issues that we will be discussing, I'm sure. Yeah, so, oh, go ahead. No, that, that, they're just some of the statistics which people listening need to be aware of. And we all have choices. Do we catch up to the digital age or do, age or do we not? Right, yeah, there, there are many people who they start to hear the stats and, and they just kind of take the, um, you know, the ostrich approach and bury their head in the sand and just hope it will go away. And, and that's just not the right approach, especially for no. uh, people who actually are parents or guardians who have children who they are responsible for. Um, you know, awareness is, is kind of that first step. You need to know what the dangers are before you can uh, respond to them or, or take proactive measures against them. Exactly. And in my theory of digital supervision, which is in my book, it's in three parts. Awareness, which is actually the biggest part. As you said, uh, too many people um, are tossing this into the attic and not realizing we need to address this immediately. Uh, this generation is the most independent generation in the history of the world. They're on these devices on their own constantly. Um, the second part of digital supervision is method. How are we going to supervise our children? And I've taken great care in making my book as user-friendly as possible so that it doesn't scare parents away. It, it gives you the hope, which is the third component of digital supervision, the hope that you can do this. We can do this. We had, a, my charity had a summit, an international summit to end internet child exploitation in November. And um, the people have said it was just jaw-dropping. I asked people, ask your children if they know what nudes are. And I was getting calls for a week, emails. I still get emails about it saying it was jaw-dropping. When they asked their children what nudes were, they knew what they all were. And these were children seven, eight, and nine years old that know about sending nudes of themselves. And what I explained at the summit was that as soon as a child does that, even though it's their body, they are producing child pornography, mm -hmm. which is a criminal offense in the United States, Canada, Europe, New Zealand, Australia. I've, ex I've researched all of the uh, criminal codes. It is a criminal offense. And schools, parents are pulling their hair out, wondering how are they going to remedy this? Digital supervision is the proactive way to do this. It's so important that people accept the awareness factor. It's out there. And our children are victimized every day. And our children are victimized by knowns, unknowns, their peers more than anyone. They have become the victimizers. How are you going to know if your child is a victimizer, a bully, committing suicide, wanting to commit a violent act to public safety, such as terrorism. Digital supervision helps you realize that. Do you want to save the life of your child? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so as parents are practicing that supervision, um, are there particular warning signs that they should be watching for in their kids? What, what should they be looking for? Oh, there's, there's so many. Um, first of all, as part of digital supervision, you examine your, the cell phones of the children. And um, then you will find out that maybe they have nudes on there. And I would guarantee you, if you look, you will find them. And um, are, are they sending nudes? This is one really big red flag. 
I've had a parent call and say, we need to know more about digital supervision. We gave our child an old cell phone and on the cell phone, we found nudes and the child knew the, um, the key to the router, the Wi-Fi. You can give a child an old cell phone and they can get on data anytime through a Wi-Fi that's open. And um, I asked them, do you know where, where they sent the pictures? Oh, no, they didn't. Well, yes, they did. Why would a child create them? Uh, that's one sign that the child is doing things. If they start withdrawing from the parents, if they start saying, well, you don't know how I feel. Um, if they're turning a computer off as soon as you walk into a room. That was a key when I was teaching. And this, this, at the minute a child turned off the monitor, I went right over and turned it on <laughs> because I knew they were doing something they shouldn't do. <laughs> and as a network administrator in a school, I have learned probably just about any method a child can do to cover up what they shouldn't be doing on a computer. The signs of grooming, if your child is all of a sudden getting gifts that uh, they shouldn't be getting, um, becoming more secretive. You know your child. We know when there may be something not quite right. Look at the browser history. Um, check what they're doing. Talk to them constantly about uh, people online. Um, have you talked to anyone? I had a conversation with a little 10-year-old one day, and I'm, I'm doing this constantly when I'm around children. And I said, what's your favorite online game? And he said, oh, ARC. And we need to, when we are talking to children in this fashion, not villainize them because every child in the world right now is a victim of the internet, just making that point. And then he said, oh, I'm playing with uh, Johnny and, and Stacy down the street. Oh, that's good. Any grown-ups play with you? He said, yeah, there's one really nice man. And, and at that point, the smoke started coming out of my ears because I knew that's where the predators go. And I said, well, what do you talk about with this man? Oh, not too much. And I said, does he have a 10-year-old like you? And he said, oh, yes, he does. How do you know that? Well, I knew because they find something in common with the child immediately. And he said his 10-year-old was going to play a game while this man went to the washroom. And it, it, these are the warning signs. You just have to be intuitive. What is my child doing that, that's just so different? And it's just being intuitive parents. Yeah, so those are some things that parents can watch for in their own kids. Are there things that kids could help each other out by watching their friends? So should, should parents be teaching their kids, hey, if your friends are saying these things, doing these things, those could be red flags. Is, is there anything that the kids themselves could be doing to help each other out? Oh, yes. Um, the, uh, parents that um, practice digital supervision are instilling safety features with their children. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I'm speaking publicly, I tell everyone, my father, when I was growing up, his voice was always at the back of my head. <laughs> like, you don't do this, you don't do that. And I never wanted to disappoint Arden Doak. <laughs> it just was not in my makeup. So that when you're practicing digital supervision, if your child goes to another house or they're with a friend, they then know what's right and what's wrong and can talk to friends and say, no, don't send that nude to that guy. If he shares it in the school, then 
I'll, I'll tell you the statistic of police will tell you with today's apps and devices, a picture, a nude can circulate a high school of a thousand within less than an hour. Hmm. And to tell your child those statistics and to make them realize a boyfriend that's asking you to send a nude and they always say it's because then I can be with you when I'm not with you, things like that. They're not your friend. They're not someone you want to engage time with. And once that digital supervision um, teaching is done in a home, then that child can share that with another child. Or if they're in another home, just leave. And I tell everyone, please tell your children to learn to say no without explaining themselves. Hmm. Because the minute they start explaining themselves, a predator or a, a peer victimizer will start trying to convince them to do what they want to do. If you just say, no, thanks, I just have to go home, then that gives them the insulation. I, I have a parent that bought a book. He was at my summit. I've met with him a couple of times. And he said, I cannot believe the relief I have practicing digital supervision in my home. I, I could never understand what my kids were doing. Now they know I'm watching. And he said, I've bought six more books for the parents of the friends of my children hmm. so that digital supervision is in their homes as well so that it's all being endorsed no matter where my children go, which is another way to make sure your kids and their friends are all on the same page. Yeah, I think that that's so helpful for the kids to be a positive influence. There's so much negative peer pressure out there. Uh, yeah. And so to make sure that your kids are some of the ones that are out there who are uh, on the good side, who are you know promoting... Exactly. Um, the, the right choices um, can be can be a good thing to even expand, you know, outside of your own family. Yes, that's right. Um, they look up to each other so much. And to have a child that has digital supervision training, to have them more of a leader in the community, which is my goal. I, we need to have everyone on the same page worldwide. And uh, predators are having a heyday. They love the fact that their parents are letting them talk to them online and giving them nudes that they can spend, they can sell online. The child pornography industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. And unfortunately there are parents using their own children for that industry, which happened to my niece. They were using their own two children and my niece and another girl in the neighborhood. Mm. And that's how much they thought they wouldn't get caught. Wow. And, uh, the, story, the things I've learned in my research, and I, I tell everyone, I don't recommend, um, I do recommend as part of digital supervision, a filter. And that's, that's in my book. Uh, please use a filter of some kind. But realize, too, that your children can get around any filter. Uh, there, is, there are so many of them out there. Um, some of them are using artificial intelligence that the artificial intelligence will detect skin or, or nudity in a video or a picture. And when I spoke to the company that manufactured that, I said, you also need to realize that if someone is sharing XXX porn and they're putting it on a, what is supposed to be a Peppa Pig video in YouTube, then um, you need to realize that you have to have the artificial intelligence a couple of minutes past the beginning because predators are going to find out and they will start putting it in like a minute after a video has been reviewed by artificial intelligence. 
the um, any filter a child can get around, and um, it, it it just happens. They can go to any type of DNS uh, server if they want to avoid a certain type of server. Um, it, it they're they're good at it. That's why digital supervision is important. I tell parents, humanity has to start supervising humanity again. I had a parent say, we're using this blocking, we have this filter, and the blocking is slowing down our computer, and we see loopholes in it. And then I wrote back and said, that's why I do not recommend any type of filter or um, blocking. Uh, you could go nuts trying to block all the sites on the internet. Like there are millions of them. And uh, the digital supervision is what's key. What are your children doing? Are you checking their cell phones? People will say, but that's an invasion of privacy. And I look and I'll say, I'm sorry to be harsh, but is it evasion or invasion? Is it invasion of their privacy or evasion of your parental responsibilities? I'll give you an example, Chad. Your child has um, done a self-exploitive picture, which is a nude. And it's on a cell phone that you pay for because children are not allowed to have a cell phone until they're 18. Most countries, a child is defined as anyone under the age of 18. That's not the age of consent. That is the age of a child under the age of 18. And your child has put that on a cell phone and they have distributed it. So little Johnny down the street gets the picture of a nude of your child. The police will end up coming to your house because Johnny's father doesn't really know who took that picture. And your child, who may be a behavioral child, the police will interview them and say, Did, who took that picture? And a behavioral child never wants to be in trouble, taught plenty of them. They'll say, oh, daddy took the picture. That gives a whole new conversation for the father to the police. We just had a, a child in this area. This is one that goes to the press because the parents called. A nine-year-old on TikTok was sending videos to a, I don't know, a 35-year-old. And the police at 6.45 in the morning came knocking to the door on, of the home, confiscated all the computer equipment and all of the devices in the child's bedroom. But the parents were horrified. And then the police explained, we do not know who is managing all of this. Are you promoting your child to do this online and selling these pictures? So that parents that allow their children to do this and not investigate through digital supervision what their children are doing are subject to being charged with distributing and possession of child pornography. And when I tell parents that in public speaking, they start scrambling and wanting to know, well, well, what do we do? And I'm like, it's uh, digital supervision. You have to start supervising your children. And then what happens is a child can then be charged when they're over the age of 12 in most countries with producing and distributing child pornography. So the, ch the parents want to go to Disney World on a trip. If they're outside of the United States, they can't cross the border. If they're going to Europe, the children cannot travel because they have a criminal record. This goes far more than just a slap on the wrist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I found as well in uh, talking to people about this topic that there's um, just an ignorance of the laws related to child pornography and how 
serious they are. And, and a lot of people just don't understand, um, you know, it's not just all fun and games, the, the sending of nudes, there's, there's, there are legal ramifications um, exactly. for, for the uh, actions. And so um, I'm glad that you brought those up. So if, if parents are doing those regular checks um, on their kids' devices and they come across nudes, either of their own child or, or some other children, uh, what do you recommend they do? Well, that's a, that's a big question because most, most people want to protect their child. Mm -hmm. And if they're nudes of their own child, they should be removed right away. But you have to ask the child, where, may have, you, may, where have you sent this picture? Because mm -hmm. my experience in my research is that if a child has a nude, they've done it to send it. That's simple. So the child can then be charged with producing and distributing. Um, if they have nudes of someone else, then they are in possession of child pornography. And the laws are very strict in most countries. Um, that There's no question if it's a nude of a child, then it is child pornography. It, it meets the definition in a, a criminal code. And you have to sit down and talk to your children. You could go to the police and have the police have a chat with your child. Now, the ICE units, the Internet Child Exploitation Units, are extremely busy. Um, people say, well, you know, why aren't the police getting these people? Well, there are so many ways that predators can hide what they're doing, mm -hmm. especially with your children. And what needs to be said to children when they are doing this, sending a nude is an extremely dangerous thing to do. And what happens is that your child, if it's a, with a peer, once that nude is out there, you cannot take it back, except there is a, a website called Need Help Now. Mm -hmm. And they might help a child remove a picture from social media, but they also have counselors available that can talk to a child so that if a child wants to do that, they can do it anonymously with Need Help Now rather than having to talk to a parent. But a parent, to me, is, is the anchor of the home. Like, the parent needs to be involved. So constant communication with the child about this thing is so important. Talking to them openly about what you know as a parent is going on. I, I can't explain it even more. And if your child has done that, I would definitely look into therapy. Uh, another thing that uh, digital supervision has been um, explained could be used for is to detect radicalization. Hmm. Uh, prior to acts occurring. In fact, the charity has been able to put that as a fourth objective uh, with the uh, charities directorate in Canada, meaning that if your child is planning on taking a gun and shooting someone, then digital supervision could be used to detect it before a violent act occurs. Hmm. And we've all in Canada, in the United States, England, everywhere, there have been shootings in schools. Mm -hmm. And these kids plan all this online. This isn't a secret. Like there are warning signs. I want to kill so-and-so and so-and-so. And, -so. and principals have said, you know what? These, these kids are, are, are planning something. Parents, parents, please do digital supervision. Look at what your children are doing online. Prevent this. Get them therapy. Because of what they're seeing online, the violence, the pornography, the degradation of humanity, the internet is bringing up our children. There's something wrong with that.
Yeah, yeah, where parents are kind of using the the internet in general as the the caretaker or the babysitter, um, yes. which is certainly not qualified to do. No, no, and I've had so many parents say the screen is a great babysitter, and I'm like, and every predator out there loves you for it. Yeah, you know, sad, sad but true. Yeah. It is. And so, this isn't fear mongering. This is the truth. This is going on. I mean, Thorn, the research I've done, it's, it's out there, people. Mm -hmm. So you talked about looking for nude photos. You talked about um, looking for uh, communication, whether it's about you know, planning violent acts or things like that. Uh, are there any other things that parents should be on the lookout for as they are reviewing their child's phone or the family computer, um, any, any warning signs that they should watch for on the devices themselves? Yes, definitely on the cell phone. The cell phone is the biggest problem. Um, you check every icon on the phone because the kids are getting good at it and they will disguise their nudes and, and their chat rooms and everything. They will put an icon like, one example is a calculator. It could be a picture of a beach. It could be a picture of a friend, something. Check every icon on the phone because then uh, you will have a better idea. Check the, the photo galleries. My goodness, I've talked to teens and they'll say, oh, look, I've got 1,500 pictures of nudes on my phone. And uh, they're in possession. And the parents then are in possession. Um, I, <laughs> this is a, a story I'll tell you. We had a school principal that a girl went crying into him, true story. And um, she said, I've sent this picture of, of myself to my boyfriend and he's sharing it to everybody. And she showed it to the principal and he, she said, the minute my parents see this, they're going to have a fit. So the principal took his cell phone and said, look, we'll delete it, but I'm going to take a picture of it so that we can tell the police. The police come and the police said, sir, that is a big mistake. You are now in possession of child pornography of one of your students. So be very careful what is happening. If you know the, who the pictures are, I mean, they're nudes, they don't give their faces. But if your children know who they are, talk to the other parents, tell them, do you realize that your child is producing child pornography? And, and on your, um, your gaming systems, we, I, I recommend filters, and we can have different types of filters, DNS systems, that sort of thing. But once a child is on a gaming system, they're on the server of the gaming system. Mm -hmm. So if they're on ARC, they're on that server. And no filter in the world is going to help you with that. Listen to what your children are doing. Who are they chatting with? <clears throat> what are they doing? If you have another system in the house, start playing with your kid online. Find out how are they communicating with people. Are they a bully? You know, in, on, online, are they going into private chat rooms that, um, which is a predator, one of their first sta stages is going into a private chat. So look at the history, the browser history, and, and bear in mind your child, if they know you're doing that, will start saying, oh, well, I'm going to put up there my science project and start mm -hmm. investigating things and erasing the history, mm -hmm. which is why humanity has to be there watching. Put your... Um, computer in a public place and look at it. People say, oh yeah, it's in a public place and the kid knows when you're walking by. And as a teacher, I knew that. Look at what they're doing. Check the browser while they're on. And one big thing that I tell people, 
put the router in the parental bedroom, and I can't emphasize that enough. Your child's online all night, turn the router off. One person complained that the electronics will be a problem, and I said it isn't if you turn the router off. The other big reason for doing that is that you're telling your child who's in charge of the internet. I mean, the title of my book, The Internet, Are Children in Charge? Of course they're in charge. The children are in charge in just about every home in the world because parents say they know more than I do. We can supervise our children and we don't need a lot of technology to do that. My, when I was teaching, a student would come in to me and they'd say, I'm a gamer the first day of school. And I, my response to myself was going to be a long year <laughs> because the kids know how to text, sext, game, social media. They do not know the meat and potatoes, usually, of what's going on on your router, on um, the internet, the, the research that I've done. You read the book, you will find out the research that I've done and, and the supporting everything that's going on online and how you can easily supervise your children. There is hope. We can do this and we must. Yeah, I, I love that point about the filters, the parental controls. Uh, those can be a supplement to parenting, but they're definitely not a replacement for it. Yeah. I'm in several groups with uh, fellow parents who discuss, you know, these topics of, you know, raising kids in a digital world and, and things like that. And, you know, frequently people are asking for the solution, um, you know, that software that will keep their kid safe online and they just won't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. And uh, it's never going to work. Yeah. It's such a misguided effort. Those certainly yeah. can be useful and beneficial, especially at, at younger ages when, when kids, you know, just still haven't yes. figured their way through navigating the internet. Um, but at no point are they a replacement for the, the parent being involved. You can never just abdicate your role as the parent or guardian exactly. and say, oh, the software is doing, doing it for me. Yes, and you can, you can put blocks up if you want a nervous breakdown <laughs> because there are so many, um, so many sites out there that a child should not be on. And, and I want to emphasize, some people will tell me, oh, I just let my child go on YouTube. And I have to tell you, YouTube is not benign to this type of problem. Give you an example, a child that's six years old is watching Peppa Pig videos. The parents are cleaning, doing laundry and everything. And then the child goes to a, a teddy bear's picnic on Peppa Pig and it comes up triple X porn. And your child's innocence is completely gone. They are totally distraught. They don't know what to do. And quite frankly, there are children six, seven, eight years old addicted to pornography and their parents don't even know. The pornography is designed to be addictive. There are adults addicted to it. There are children addicted to it. How are you going to know if you're not supervising your children through digital supervision? And I'll give you some statistics. I have them written down here because I wanted to give them. Um, there are 116,000 daily searches for child pornography websites. They're the known cases. Believe me, there are far more than that. There are 24.5 million adult porn websites. Websites. And they're usually free. I'm trying to make it so that nothing porn is free online to slow down our children. 24.5 million. If you want to block all of them, be, have fun, but you block all of them, your computer will be so slow, you, you won't be able to do anything. There are 13,000 adult videos produced every year. 
507 adult Hollywood movies, just movies. So 13,000 to 507. Adult porn earns $13 billion a year. Hollywood earns $8.8 billion. That tells you what we're facing online with our children. And the pornography, there's violent pornography, there's objectification of females on pornography and males. In my book, I've interviewed a child pornography victim, a male. Interesting how I met him. It was on a train one day, and he's all for digital supervision and the charity. And what he's been through. And, and he said the, the, um, the product of adult porn, the professional adult porn industry is very careful to make sure they're over 18. But unfortunately, a lot of this is coming online. The adult porn industry would do anything to make sure that adult porn is paid for online, the professional industry. So it's something that I have talked to the um, government in Canada about, and a couple of MPs, uh, which would be your senators in the United States, are completely on board with that, trying. It's, it's a long process. But um, our children need protection. That's all there is to it. So you talked earlier about how when you talk about kind of supervision that some parents will, will push back and say, well, you know, my kids, they need their privacy. Um, and you kind of address that. How about when the kids themselves are resisting um, you know, the monitoring or the, uh, the supervision and saying, well, you know, I need my privacy. Um, any advice that you can give to parents for how best to talk through that with their children? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the word no comes to mind. <laughs> and, uh, but unfortunately, once a child has had a cell phone, they get addicted and um, their peers look at them and call them a nerd or an idiot that they don't have their cell phone what mommy and daddy took your phone that's your property and it's important for parents when they give a cell phone and even now if they've had a cell phone to tell them that you own it they may have received it for their birthday or for christmas but you own the cell phone because you're paying for the data and this isn't like a diary and what i find comical and what i would tell parents your child shares everything online don't let them tell you it's their private possession because they are sharing nudes, their, per their, their nude bodies and everything. That is not private. So don't tell me as my child that that's their private property. It's important to realize your rights as a parent, your responsibility to protect. My goodness, people drive their kids to school all the time. I mean, a person could die at the gas fumes. They take them to their football, their sports, their dance, their, their piano. But they let them go online, give them the key to the router, and, and let them just do whatever they want. Would you give them the key to your car when you're eight years old and let them drive around um, Las Vegas alone or Toronto or London, England? No. No, you wouldn't. And it's a mindset. Yes, parenting is difficult. The digital age, people think, has made it easier, but it's far more complex. And I tell everyone, once you have that gateway to the internet coming into your home, your responsibility as a parent has increased exponentially. And then you toss an iPad, uh, and then parents are giving actual laptops designated for gaming. And look at it, review it. What are your children doing? 
And one thing that I advise parents to do is to put a key logger on devices. A key logger is uh, something that will even, a comprehensive one that will record pictures that are being received and, and sent. And with a key logger, you can make it so that you get a file every evening. You can even put the time on it telling you exactly what keys your child has pressed on a keyboard, what people have sent them, and full details of what they're doing. You just sit back, read it every evening. Then you will have a warning signal that your child may be doing something they shouldn't be doing. If they have a laptop designated to gaming, keylogger. If you find that you're not getting the report anymore, your child has decided to get around the keylogger. And you go to them and say, I'm sorry. If you don't want me knowing what's going on, I'm here to protect you and, and follow you and give you all the love and hugs that you need. And don't forget, this keylogger is one big hug from mom and dad, or mom or dad, depending on the circumstances. I, I realize that some are single parents. And as a teacher, I always talked to the single parent children as well, mm -hmm. because um, the idea of a family unit is so different now. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have to talk to everyone. Mm -hmm. So you talked about when giving your kids, uh, you know, that phone or that computer, establishing family rules, expectations for that. Uh, and one thing you mentioned in your book is having your kids sign a technology contract. Yes. Um, what kind of rules, what kind of guidelines um, would you recommend that parents build into such a contract? Well, I, I tell parents to create the contract with your child. Because sometimes they'll give you more insight than you even thought of, <laughs> just because they want, to, they want to contribute. And when you give a child a choice, it's like anyone. I taught behavioral students um, for years. You give them choices. You tell a child, you either move to that desk or you go to the principal's office, one or the other. So you tell your child, this is the contract we're both going to sign. And let's say that you dock your cell phone We'll have a cell phone dock in the kitchen somewhere or wherever you find convenient, and it will be docked for dinner. And it will be docked at 8 o'clock at night so that you can do your homework. You will not have your cell phone in the bedroom. You will not take your cell phone into the washroom. And parents, you have to realize that you follow the same rules as your children. Don't take your cell phone into the washroom. Too many parents think they can do it, but their children can't. Let's all be on the same page and that you will look at their cell phone periodically. Do not give it a specific time mm -hmm. and have your children um, tell you what rules they think would be fair. Come to a compromise, but tell them flat out they are not to take their cell phone into the bedroom and the cell phone of the children will be docked in the parental bedroom at night. Make sure it's not in a public place. We all know. And then... I have parents tell me, you know what, my child never lies to me. And I almost laugh right at them because, mm -hmm. my goodness, I lied to my parents. Chad, I'm sure you did. And my sainted mother, I still tell the odd white lie because you want the <laughs> approval of your parents. You know, you, you just don't want. So make sure that you realize your children do lie to you. I used to hear that parent night. My child never lies to me. They're open. They're fully open with me. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're not. 
Children want to get off with things. That's the fun of growing up. That's why digital supervision is so important. Let's get real here. You know, it, that, that's, that's the reality of being a child. On an iPad, you can put a keylogger. And um, the keylogger will come up as though it is a, um, some sort of virus. Be very careful uh, with a keylogger that you do not put your passwords on when you're doing that. Make sure they're saved because that can be a type of malware. But uh, I'll tell you, the keylogger works. I put it on my computer at home, much to the chagrin of my husband because I was testing it all and I knew everything. So it's, um, it works, believe me. So social media uh, has been around for several years now and, and continues to uh, uh, boom in terms of uh, usage. You know, the, the particular platforms uh, come and go, but uh, the usage just continues to increase. And uh, we've talked about some of the issues related to that, um, sending nudes and, and um, chat uh, conversations that are not appropriate uh, or even outright dangerous. Um, do you have any other advice for things that um, kids or, or even parents should uh, avoid doing on social media in order to uh, protect kids online? Absolutely. I mean, Chad, I could go on for five hours, but I'll give one example. Our parents, as parents, we need to watch what we're doing too. And I know as a teacher, I would ask, some kids would say my parents are putting pictures of me up on Facebook and I don't like it mm. because some of their friends parents were friends of their parents mm -hmm. and I'll give you an example it's an example I I give every time I present and I've presented globally Iceland Europe India the United States all people have to do is ask me to speak and I tell them let's let's say Billy's eight years old your child and it's the first day of school tomorrow and you've put up a picture of Billy and he's very nervous about going to school talked about his buddy Trent down the street and um, he was excited too they're getting their teacher you take a picture of Billy in front of your house everyone sees this every year the first day of school and then you take a picture of the school with Billy in front of the sign oh I'm so excited Billy starting grade three look at the information you've given a predator look at it Billy's nervous the teacher's name the school and the front of your house. Most schools are in the neighborhoods of the home. So predator is at the school, sees Billy, teacher's not looking. Kid, come, come on over, child. I've got some candy for you. Listen, your mother tells me that you, um, you had a bad dream last night, and she's asked me to talk to you because I'm a bad dream specialist. There's my van over there. It's my mobile office. She's asked me to take you or they will take you as you're walking home from school and then the scenario goes watch what you're putting up about your children people know nothing about me they don't know if I have um, I have a husband they don't know if I have family they don't know if I have children I don't want anyone knowing anything about me because you don't know who's watching yes I know there are controls on Facebook my question is, how much are you paying for Facebook? <laughs> there are videos on YouTube how to crack codes, how to crack security in social media. So don't consider that you have your security tight. 
because the only security you have is to not share personal things. And this is what you have to tell your children as well. Nothing is sacred online. Your life is not yours the more you share it. What if kids are, uh, whether they're on social media or some other app and they are uh, conversing with someone and it, it takes a wrong turn, they start to feel like something suspicious is going on or they feel threatened. Um, what kind of actions should a child take in, in that situation? Well, they need to talk to their parents right away. And parents need to alert their children that that can and will happen. Mm -hmm. And it may be a friend, a peer. As I said, peers have become more the victimizers than the uh, unknown predators. And family members have become more victimizers. Um, so it's important to talk to either your parents, a teacher, a trusted adult. Uh, it could be a church leader or the police. I mean, children can call the police too. Mm -hmm. you no, know, and just say I, this is getting out of hand. I'm terrified, and talk to them about that because, um, my goodness, I've I've seen warning signals um, with communications with me. I block them. I get rid of them. I I anything like that, and people will say, well, I don't want people to think that they're not my friend on TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat. And I'm like, who cares? We need to tell our children. Uh, like I, when I was teaching, there were kids that would say, I have 1,500 friends. And I'm like, well, I hope you're not having them all over for dinner at the same time. But I consider a friend is a friend when I've had them in my home or we have had a lunch or a dinner. And there has to be a distinction between a digital friend and a friend. Mm -hmm. And this is where uh, digital supervision is important because digital friends are not humanity. You know what I mean? But we have to realize there is humanity at the other end. And we don't bully the humanity at the other end. We don't say things to people that we wouldn't say to someone eyeball to eyeball. And even adults need to get, o get over the, um, the lack of humanity they're using online. We have compassion. We have love. We cannot objectify the human being. That's what's wrong in, in today's society where there are too many people objectifying everything. Mm -hmm. uh, we're supposed to love each other. Love, hug, compassion. Humanity is all of that. And if we don't teach our children this, and unfortunately this has been happening day in and day out, they've lost it. They're victimizers. There's child-on-child -child sexual assault. Their children being beaten up live online and predators want it live online so that they can get rid of it right away. It, I could go on and on. Um, there are, are parents using their children for this. That's their career. There are fathers doing this to their children. And it's far more often than people can even give it credit. We had a case in uh, southwestern Ontario, Canada, where a pediatric photographer was um, using a child, seven years old, from Kitchener, Ontario. And the photographer was in London. And he was selling the child for child pornography and the parents were getting the money. And he was using a specific person for doing the assault. There are, I could, I could go on, and, and my niece was victimized. Just going over to play with someone and my my um, sister and her husband detected a real change in behavior. 
uh, real alienation of the child from the parents. So that our family has learned firsthand, and through my research, it was a textbook case. It happens so much. Or a, a child, a, a peer, is controlling the actions um, of your child online through bullying and uh, cyberbullying. And, and on my ACIT team, I have a team that I've called the Anti-Internet Child Exploitation Team. It's about digital supervision, but I have specialists um, geared towards digital supervision, but in their area, they expand even more on it. And I have a former director of education that talks about bullying and the effects in the school and what principals are. Principals are tearing their hair out. Every time I speak in the school, they'll say, we've had a child charged with producing and distributing. And they whisper it, and I'll say, there's no need to whisper. Every school I speak in tells me this. And when I speak in a school or to a parent group, I am not the police. I am not the school administrator. I am not the parent. People listen. I've had personal experience. I've researched for five years. I'm a computer specialist, network administrator. I've, I guess I have everything someone would need, and they, they, they need to listen. That's the, the determination I have is to protect children. I want digital supervision to be a household term. When I speak and when ACIT speaks, we do not get paid. We only ask for, do, for a donation in Canada to Internet Sense First. If we speak in the United States, we ask for a donation to a charity in the community that is doing similar work. We just ask for expenses to be paid. That's how much the eight of us believe in online child protection. And I'm very fortunate to have found the philanthropic personalities that feel the same way I do. I never get paid. I ask for a donation to my charity or to a charity in a community that I'm speaking in. That, so tell, tell us more about your charity, Internet Sense First. Um, you talked about yeah. the, the speaking circuit and, and kind of raising the awareness. Um, what other things does, uh, does the charity do um, day to day, month to month? The, uh, the main thing we do is try to raise money for the victims of internet child exploitation. Mm. This is a lifelong problem. In Canada, they might get maybe $1,500. That might get you through 10 months. And uh, we will supplement um, the therapy for children. And we're also providing educational sessions for, uh, for schools, particularly because students, when they hear me speak, as I said, I'm not a teacher, parent, or police. They like, they listen. Um, I've had principals say, wow, you went for an hour and these kids didn't stop. And I said, that's because I'm not part of their loop. And that's what we spend our money on. And our day-to-day -day operations are expensive because we try to do mailings and things like that, but it all adds up. But the main focus is to get the word out there Digital supervision exists. We can do this. We have to do it. Look at these poor kids. They're, they're victimized every day. Let's get onto it and help them and protect them. We can. Your book, uh, Internet Safety, or The Internet, Our Children in Charge, um, is a, a helpful resource on all of these topics that we've been discussing. Uh, are there other, any other ways that you recommend that uh, parents or guardians uh, stay informed about online safety issues? Well, um, they could certainly email me. I will be sending out um, probably quarterly mm -hmm. newsletters uh, 
to people with some of the up-to-date statistics and what the charity is doing and what the ACIT team is doing. So uh, that's one way. Uh, certainly if they buy my book, which is available on Amazon and uh, Chapters Indigo Coles, 40,000 distribution channels, um, start looking online and, and realize that everything in the book is true. And then they can get, the book will give them more of a roadmap to what they need to know. And that will give them probably the, um, the curiosity to go online and learn even more. It, it just gives them, and I've been very careful to make it user-friendly. I don't want to scare anyone away from digital supervision. It can be done so easily. Mm-hmm. So for people who want to learn more about you or about Internet Sense First, uh, where should they go to, to find more online? Um, <clears throat> for me, it is cdoak, D-O-A-K, hyphen, gebauer, G-E-B-A-U-E-R, dot com. For the charity and ACIT, it is Internet Sense First, all one word, and first is F-I-R-S-T dot com. And on Internet Sense First, there is a link to the ACIT team, stellar group of speakers, all truly believing in child protection online. We even have um, one member, who Holly Dowling, who is from Scottsdale, and she is the hope factor, but she is our MC. She's the one that will introduce everyone. So we have a, a full day conference just waiting for any group to, to engage. And it can be a fundraiser for a charity. We just ask for expenses and I don't eat much. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I probably don't even put in my expenses for food because I have to eat. It would just be airfare and lodging. And what more, can people ask for in any organization or charity, a group of people saying, you want to raise money, use us. We just want expenses paid. It's a gift, an organization, a corporation, medical staff, police. Um, The London City Police in London are recommending me for speaking because they see that I'm up to date. Hmm. So it's, um, we are going to be aggressively promoting that uh, shortly. Yeah. So I'll put links uh, to the websites that you mentioned um, in the blog post that goes along with this uh, interview. Um, so that'll be at defendingdigital.com. And then I'll also mm-hmm. link to your book. Um, so you okay. can find that on the website as well. Perfect. And so, I'll be linking to your website as well, because um, you put up some really good information for parents as well. So, you know, I, I don't believe in a competitive spirit. Hmm. I believe in solidarity for the protection of children. That's so important. Yes, At our summit, sure. we had other charities, and I said to everyone, these are charities that are against human trafficking, they're for the protection of children, we're not here to compete, we're here to protect our children, and we mm-hmm. can't do it enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been joined today by Charlene Dokgebauer, author of The Internet, Our Children in Charge. She's also founder of Internet Sense First. Charlene, thank you for sharing your knowledge with us today. Well, thank you so much, Chad, for having me. It's been a pleasure. And I'm Chad Warner of Defending Digital, teaching you to defend your digital life. I hope you found that interview helpful. You can find a text summary and the links to the items that were mentioned in the blog post that goes along with the episode at defendingdigital.com. So what should you do? One, 
If you found this interview helpful, consider buying your own copy of The Internet, Are Children in Charge? As you read the book, take the time to follow its advice and help your kids do the same. You'll find some of the following points in the book. 2. Teach your kids that sending and receiving nude photos or videos of themselves or other minors are often considered child pornography criminal offenses. 3. Pay attention to how your children act and speak offline, watching for the warning signs of digital dangers described in the interview. 4. Regularly talk to your kids about the people they interact with online. Ask questions about those people and about what your child discusses with them. 5. Teach your children that if they're in another home and they're not comfortable with what's happening, they should say they need to go home without further explanation. 6. Use parental controls and internet filtering software on devices that your kids use, including gaming systems. Still, supervise your kids because they'll probably be able to get around software restrictions. 7. If you find nude photos on your child's phone, delete them. Try to figure out where they were sent to and have those copies deleted. Consider asking the police for help. If there are photos on your child's of your child's friends, consider telling their parents that their children are producing child porn. 8. Regularly check your child's phone and watch out for apps and content that has been disguised. 9. Listen to what your kids are doing while gaming and who they're talking to. If possible, play the same game and observe their communication. 10. Put computers in a public place in your house and observe them. 11. Keep your router in your bedroom to prevent your kids from turning it back on at night after you turn it off. 12. Don't let young kids watch YouTube unattended because there's a lot of inappropriate content. 13. Create a technology contract with your kids. Consider the rules that were outlined in the interview. 14. Don't share personal info on social media and teach your kids not to share it either. And 15. Teach your kids that if they're uncomfortable with an online conversation, they should immediately talk to you, a teacher, a police officer, or another trusted adult. That's all for today. You can learn more about internet safety and protecting kids online at defendingdigital.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating or review in whatever site or app you're using to listen to the podcast and tell a friend about it.